Okay, how's everybody doing tonight? This is Erez Katz. Welcome back to CatStats.com Live. Tonight, our show revolves around the great sport of tennis and a little bit of golf we'll throw in there. Maybe some other sports we haven't talked about too much. But seeing as how last year I did an update on all of my all of my shows and all the articles I wrote... You know, of course, I did write an article called um, Fed Tainted, um, The Tainting of a Legend. And Roger Federer, of course, I will still to this day, at least at this point, still say that I believe Roger Federer still is the greatest tennis player that ever lived. Um, However, in the last year since COVID shut down everything and then they did bring back tennis, starting with... um, I believe the U.S. Open first last year and then followed by Wimbledon came back. And, of course, we had the Australian. So we had a full calendar year after the U.S. Open from last year. Um, And, of course, as you know, and we have to give a nod to Novak Djokovic because this was definitely the year of the Joker, uh, starting with his victory in the Australian Open and continuing with the French Open, in which he, you know, it started off looking like Rafael Nadal after winning the U.S. Open last year, um, which I believe was the first tournament, you know, major Grand Slam tournament after COVID resumed, you know, after Wimbledon had been canceled during the summer. Um, You know, Nadal was able to equal Federer's total of 20 Grand Slams, and looked like he would be the one to get all the momentum and eventually pass Federer. But he, you know, Federer, I mean, excuse me on that one. Um, Djokovic played an epic final in the Australian Open against Nadal. And he broke Nadal's momentum and defeated him down under there in Melbourne and captured the first of the four Grand Slams in 20. 20- 21. He then went on to pull an even bigger upset in the French Open, which, as we all know, Rafael Nadal has owned throughout his entire career and had 13 French Opens, French Open titles. But Djokovic denied him number 14 and defeated him, um, I believe, in the semifinal and then went on to win the final. Um So the second Grand Slam title then goes to Novak Djokovic. And then, of course, he goes to Wimbledon. Um, And just a quick note, of course, on Federer. And I will get back to Raj in just a minute. But but a quick note. I mean, Federer, as you know, had been injured. He's he's over 40 years old now. He's had the knee injuries and the knee surgeries. Uh, He gave it. Ago, he, he was forced to withdraw from the Australian Open, which is something that, you know, he really would would never want to do because it's been one of his most successful Grand Slam tournaments in which he's won, I believe, seven um, titles there. Uh, and and it, he's also won, uh, well, actually, I believe it was six Australians and seven Wimbledons and f- I believe it's eight Wimbledons, actually, and five U.S. Opens. So, yeah, so it was eight, six, and five. Um, And then, of course, just the one French Open title that Federer won. So that's how he has his 20 Grand Slam titles. 
but um, he was not able to go and because of the injury and not able to compete in the Australian Open. He then, as he's been doing the last couple of years, uh, dropped out of the French Open um, to try to prepare for Wimbledon. And so that gave Djokovic the ability to upset Nadal. And then, of course, in Wimbledon, Federer did give it a go. was actually looking pretty good in his recovery from the knee injury and uh, did reach the quarterfinal round, I believe, but was then had to withdraw. Started feeling uh, pain in the knee and ultimately had to withdraw from that. So that, once again, opened the door. Um for Djokovic to then continue to play his stellar brand of tennis um, and capture Wimbledon. Uh, we, we saw Medvedev get there against him, I believe, in the French Open final. Of course, uh, you had um, Dominic Team also was able to take advantage and, and reach the final in the Australian um, in Wimbledon. We've also seen the emergence of um, several other the young stars, including Zverev, um, who made it to the final then in Wimbledon. But you really have to give credit to, to Novak Djokovic. I mean, I think, and I, I'm going to talk about what I think could be a turning point. And when we look back in time uh, between Djokovic and Federer and ultimately decide who was the best ever. And of course, Nadal is there as well. But I, I think I will always have Nadal as third behind the other two, mainly because he's been kind of a one surface wonder. Um, out of those 20 Grand Slams, uh, 13 of them came at the French Open. So I would say on the whole, um, Nadal, although he's been outstanding on the hard courts and at Wimbledon as well, but but hasn't been able to capture nearly as many titles. Um, and he's been plagued by injuries as well. But you really have to give a tip of the cap for Federer still competing. And once again, he had to um, drop out of the U.S. Open and is still struggling to get back. But, you know, so we may never see Federer uh, on the court again. Uh, I hope we do see him one more time. And I'd love to see him capture one more major or at least get to a semifinals or quarterfinals or even a final. But... In his heyday, as we know, and from last year, you know, Federer was so dominant. Um, you know, essentially nine years straight of, of making semifinals and, and even more than that of making quarterfinals um, is unheard of. And the type of statistics that Federer put up. I have to point to one very key final that when you talk about Federer and Nadal. Now, personally, I think there's there's been about four or five really finals that Federer could have won. And I really point to the 2019 uh, Wimbledon final where it was an epic match. It went five sets. But at the same time where I really feel like Federer should have won that, um, should have won that final, he was at the top of his game. He was in peak form. He outplayed Djokovic. He made fewer errors. He had many more aces. Uh, It really looked like the Federer of old when he was kind of on the streak there, still coming off the the momentum of 2017 and then 18. But, you know, I think that's where Novak Djokovic really kind of established his brand. Um, You know, I think they said during the U.S. Open, 
uh, talking about Djokovic, you know, first he takes your legs and then he takes your soul. And I think you could say that pretty definitively. And that match was, was one of the great matches of the ages. Uh, definitely kind of, um, you know, up there with, with the Federer-Nadal uh, clashes in the Wimbledon of, of 2007 and that era. Um, they had some amazing head-to-head matches. Of course, there was another Wimbledon epic five-set final between Andy Roddick and Roger Federer, which Federer also was able to capture back in uh, 2008, I believe. So, you know, going back through time. Um, and, of course, I'll bring up a couple other ones. I always talk about the 2009 U.S. Open final in which Federer lost to Juan Martin Del Potro, and that's a match he really should have won. Uh, there, there were a couple others, including um, another Wimbledon uh, final or semifinal against Andy Murray. Um, that there was one that he was able to win. There was another one he wasn't able to win. And again, I don't know. Something just seemed to be, you know, off with Federer in recent years when he was clearly at the top of his game, but then all of a sudden it just kind of disappeared on him, and he lost matches that he would have never lost in the past in his heyday. I think if you really count that and you think about Serena Williams on the women's side and she's won 23, but she's had a lot of trouble trying to, to tie Margaret court for that 24th grand slam and, and have the most ever in women's um, Federer was kind of similar. And, but I always felt like Federer should have had about four or five. And if you think about just that Wimbledon final against Djokovic from two, three years ago, um, that was absolutely epic. I mean, if Federer wins that one, then even right now, he would have the slight edge over Djokovic in terms of having, you know, 21 Grand Slam titles and Djokovic would then have 19, which I still think Djokovic being only 34 years old, um, he will probably ultimately pass Federer um, by probably three, four, five majors. Um, so it's an interesting thing to to consider, but in my opinion, Federer was probably good for about 25 um, Grand Slam titles, really, all time. Uh, he was that good. Uh, he was that dominant in his day. But a few things happened that, you know, I think, and that's why I titled that article Fed Tainted, you know, the tainting of a legend. He, ha- he hasn't really been tainted if you consider the fact that he's 40 years old, he's continued to play at this high of a level. Um, even all of these fantastic young players that we've seen come up, like Zverev, like Med- Medvedev, like Dominic Thiem, um, and and others, uh, you know, the the Kyrgioses and the um, just a whole host of really good young players, but they have not been able to break through um, until just now. And of course, you know, Djokovic's epic effort to capture the Grand Slam, which hadn't been done since 1969 and Rod Laver, uh, capturing all four, fell just short. Medvedev did manage to win the final, um, you know, but Djokovic, I mean, he had a, a, a streak going where he would lose the first set and then and then rally to win. And he did that at least three, four times in the U.S. Open against some very good opponents. Um, he just didn't have it on the last uh, match, Uh it wasn't meant to be. He was able to, to capture, I believe, one set, but Medvedev really controlled that match. But nevertheless, Djokovic has become 
what Federer really was. It's a little different. I mean, I still feel to this day the dominance of Federer back then, the pinpoint accuracy and the power behind both the forehand and the backhand, the service game, the serve and volley. Uh, I mean, to this day, Djokovic doesn't play quite that powerful of a game. He has a different game. And actually, there were a couple good matches, such as the 2007, I believe, U.S. Open final when a young Djokovic was unable to overcome Federer. There were a couple other ones back then. I think over the years now, more recently, you've actually seen more matchups between Djokovic and Nadal than you have between Djokovic and Federer. But the the Djokovic-Federer matches have always been epic. And so those are a good kind of measuring stick when it, when the time comes to decide, well, who is the greatest of all time? It To me, even if Federer, I mean, if Djokovic were able to go on and capture another four or five Grand Slam titles, I think most people would definitely say, okay, he's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. But I mean, it's hard to to really, if you go back and look at the statistics and you look at the dominance that Federer had for so many years, it's 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 going to be hard to, to, to fully dethrone him. But the style of play that Djokovic has developed, really with that kind of vicious baseline game, I mean, he hangs back on the baseline and he does not make errors. And, you know, no matter how finally Medvedev was able to actually beat him in his own, in his own game, but it took a long time for anyone to be able to do that. I mean, it's pretty phenomenal if you think about just the ground strokes and how many, you know, we had 22, 25, 29 shot rallies at times, sometimes up over 30. And somehow Djokovic just grinds you down. And, um, but he can also serve in volley and he can cover the court still at his age. Um, so he's in the peak of his powers and his form. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how long he's able to keep that up. but and, the, and there are more and more of these young rising stars that will make it more difficult for Djokovic to continue to capture majors. But I would be shocked if he didn't capture at least, uh, you know, two or three more. But I just want to always give the nod to Roger Federer. In my opinion, Roger Federer is tennis, and he he paved the way and set the standard for both Nadal and Djokovic, who are both a good five, six years younger than him. Um, He started this era of kind of pinpoint power tennis combined with accuracy Um, and, and just, just a mental game, the, the calmness and the, and the concentration never being broken in the biggest of matches. Uh, Federer established that. So, you know, but Djokovic has certainly followed in those footsteps and has become that kind of a mental just tighten on the court and, the younger players just have never been able to kind of overcome that as far as stamina goes and, and just determination. And so it's been an interesting era. So once again, it was definitely the year of Djokovic, year of the Joker in 2021, taking three of the four Grand Slams and coming within inches really in the final of, of, of capturing the first Grand Slam that we've seen since 1969 and would have been only the second time ever that that had been done. So, and of course, Federer or Nadal or Pete Sampras or McEnroe or Agassi or any of the greats from the past never were able to capture that. Even Bjorn Borg um, came close and won three on, on a couple of occasions, but never 
able to capture that fourth one. So Djokovic came very close to it and is certainly to be commended about that. So just wanted to update everyone. That was tennis. And I guess when you talk about tennis, uh, I should talk about golf. We, we had talked about Tiger Woods last year a little bit. And, you know, of course, for those of we all know that a bit of a tragic kind of ending there for for Tiger in that in that car accident, uh, which finally, you know, he seemed to be kind of resurrecting and recovering from his injuries and making a run at at being competitive again and maybe getting after that, you know, Jack Nicholas's all time Grand Slam majors record. But again, um, some bad luck and some reckless driving reared its ugly head, and so. We, I, I don't know that we'll ever see Tiger Woods on a golf course again um, competitively and professionally, but um, he certainly has been, you know, good for the game. He's turned his life around. and But I think in this last year, of course, golf, we've seen the emergence of the, the Bryson DeChambeau's and we've seen the emergence of the, well, you had guys like Patrick Cantley come out of nowhere um, and win. You also had guys like Justin Thomas, and of course Dustin Johnson has stayed near the top. And and we've seen even guys like Louis Oosthuizen um, stay near the tops of tournaments. And of course um, Brooks Kepka had his time, and of course that's been kind of hurt by his rivalry. So not a huge update that I want to give on golf, but I think you know. And of course Phil Mickelson comes out of nowhere and wins um, a PGA Championship. Uh, and at his age, at I believe 50, was like the oldest person to do that. So that was kind of a pleasant surprise, although he hasn't quite been able to, to keep at that level. But I think all these guys have been able to do it by also playing just the regular PGA Tour events and doing well in those and being extremely competitive. Jordan Spieth also had a nice comeback this year and being competitive with a lot of top five finishes along with Oosthuizen. Um, and, and, and really, he made a run at the Masters. Um, so, you know, golf has been interesting this year, um, but it's really been a mixed bag. Um, and, and one person after another, also John Rahm, you know, after overcoming the COVID case that he had and then coming back and, and winning, um, I believe at the U S open, uh, was, was a special finish there. He came from behind and, uh, and captured that championship. So, you know, that's a little post COVID update on golf, um, but uh, And one other uh, just quick sport, I don't think I'm ever going to really get to hockey um, as a sport. But of course, as you know, I'm here in Seattle, Washington, and Seattle just has, you know, inaugurated their first season, the Seattle Kraken, playing here at the, uh, the new Climate Center Arena, the former Key Arena in Seattle's center downtown. Um, They've already played a couple preseason games and they will have their first official game coming up here soon. So, um, again, I'm not going to say a whole lot. It seems like, I guess the last couple of years, the Tampa Bay Lightning have, have become the team to beat, I believe, winning back-to-back titles in hockey. Uh, if anybody ever wants to kind of come in and do more on hockey, I, I tried to get my uh, my brother-in-law, John uh, Rosenthal, to come in and because he's a huge hockey fan. Um, but it, I haven't had a whole lot of luck getting him to come in here on that. But so my only thing is, Hey, I like the, the Las Vegas golden Knights. I think that was a, a really good expansion team. And, and I've been a fan of theirs mainly because I like their jerseys and, uh, 
I think the, the, the Seattle Kraken will have pretty cool jerseys and colors as well. But uh, maybe I'll go down there and check out a few games. But that's the extent of it. But I wanted to give a nod to hockey. And uh, we still haven't gotten the Seattle Supersonics back here. But we do have a hockey team. So I think that's a step in the right direction. The plan is to ultimately convert that hockey ice like many arenas do and put the basketball hardwood on top of it and ultimately get the Supersonics back here. But I don't know when that will happen. But hockey is definitely here in Seattle. So um, keep an eye out for the Kraken. But again, uh, just going to wrap this up here. The tennis wrap-up for the year has been an amazing year for Novak Djokovic. I still want to make the case that Federer is the GOAT right now. Should have probably had 23, 24, maybe 25 Grand Slam titles, including the Wimbledon final over Djokovic um, a couple years ago. But I'm certainly not taking anything away from the Joker. He's been phenomenal. um, And he may well go down to be considered the GOAT of all time in tennis. But we'll see. So... Thanks again, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the new season here. Uh, Just kind of quick recaps. I haven't been able to have the one-on-one conversations, but just talking sports. And again, we'll come your way with a couple more sports on my next episode. But for now, I'm going to bid you good night here on catstats.com live. Take care and be good, everyone. We'll see you next time.